This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. Find all my work at MJMunoz.com. This is the review of Ultraman Z Episode 4, which I'm calling Ultra Charged. And I have a lot of topics this episode, and I'm going to try to speak about them all very quickly so that the runtime of this episode is closer to 10 minutes than it is closer to 15 or 20 minutes, because I'd like to keep the episodes a little bit shorter. Before I go on, I'd like to do a little ad for myself, which is to say that uh, I have all sorts of podcasts going on now on mgwindows.com, and uh, you can subscribe to the podcast feed for audio only, or you can watch the videos, and the show notes are always going to be on mgwindows.com, and then in the show notes will be linked everything you need for the RSS feed for... Uh, right now I have it for just a couple places, but I'm going to add more as time goes on. I have to manually add a few of them, but there's a couple that are automatically there. If you're a Google or Android user, that's great, because uh, you could just get the RSS feed and put it in any pod catcher that you have on your phone, or you could do it through Spotify or Amazon. That's who I have uh, the podcast published through right now. And yeah, that's what I have. And also, I'm including in the show notes my uh, Ultraman-inspired children's picture book, story or manuscript that I've written, and it's a rough draft uh, for a couple reasons. One, uh, it needed to be worked on at the time, but two, I've changed it since then and upgraded it to be part of a whole universe of tokusatsu-inspired children's picture books, as well as a, like, short novel, uh, or short, like a long short story that contains all these different characters and stuff in it. And I think you'll like it, so please check that out. And, uh, yeah, without further further ado, I will go into talking about um, Ultraman Z Episode 4, which features collectible kaiju parts, spinning straw, into gold, and monster metals. So here we go. I find it interesting that coming from a hard sci-fi or science fiction uh, perspective, uh, you had budget cuts in the last episode and talking about securing budget to make things better. And then here in this episode, you have Yuka lamenting Tobacco that the higher-ups, whoever the brass are over uh, storage, refused to follow her designs specifically. And therefore, they used a bunch of different manufacturers to make Wyndham. And it makes Wyndham run less efficiently and take five... No, I think it's four days total to charge its batteries for five minutes of active duty, which is crazy. Uh, however, it is reasonable that this sort of thing would happen because I come from the United States of America and here, good old Uncle Sam uh, loves his war machines and Congress people who, I think, yeah, Congress is the whole thing. It's both House and Senate. Anyway, yeah, Congress people will make sure and fight for them to have bits of a weapons platform or you know, a plane or a tanker or whatever built in their city or their state so their constituents will be happy that they got them, you know, a job building weapons uh, in their area. And uh, basically because it's so messy and you have people who work for weapons factories going into the government, you have people who work for the government going to weapons factories, which you could call that a conflict of interest, I think, very fairly. Uh, They spread it all around and they have, I would think, different companies in different states that all contribute uh, parts to are war machines here uh, that are used by the U.S. military, and I wonder if there's maybe a little something. I think that's a realistic depiction, basically, in uh, Zet of what's what goes on with the military-industrial complex or weapons that are created. And I just found that to be kind of curious. All right, moving on. Uh, not so nocturnal Teslodon or Telestan. Uh, I found it interesting that Telestan was uh, 
active during the day. I thought it was going to have a larger plot relevance, but really it just seems like it's fire sack or it's, you know, it's engine, it's kaiju engine is the thing that is keeping it active during the day, even though it's a nocturnal creature and they had to overcome it. And that's about it. So I thought it was going to turn into something really cool and it was just kind of a small thing. It wasn't bad. It just, it didn't go the way I wanted it to. Moving on, blinking kaiju. <laughs> I love the fact that uh, it is Telestan, right? It's not Tesladon. That, that's a different one. Tel Tesladon is... Oh, never mind. Uh, that's Musk. Anyway, uh, Telestan blinks, and I love it when the kaiju blink. Not all of them blink in the show so far, but the ones that do, it's great. Um, in the original Ultraman from 62, in the first episode, you had Bemular, or Bemler. He did not blink, but a couple episodes later, Niranga blinked, and Niranga's horn is a thing that's active in this episode, and plays a big part in it so i'm gonna come back to that in a minute or so uh let's see next topic oh yuka's kaiju collectibles ah uh, <laughs> it is weird and gross and strange and interesting that yuka collects kaiju parts and she was all excited to get telus don skin samples from um what was it from windham's fingers that was gross and again fun and it really fits this vibe that she has of being like a mad scientist but not an evil one and uh yeah it's very interesting it's very interesting how they're you know how they d define or portray her character and what she does with that and what that means for her character and it's just it's kind of cool kind of cool kind of weird but you know it's memorable for sure this lady loves kaiju to the point that she's collecting their corpse parts that's nasty nasty business anyway uh i love when she goes to bako and he gives her like he shows her that he's reusing a grate from uh, a duct cover or vent cover or something from uh from your boy sevenger and uh, how he's repurposing this thing into something you know bigger which that ties into my theme of spinning straw into gold which is a reference to rumpelstiltskin uh but what i'm saying is he's taking something that could have been trash and he's giving it a purpose and using it for something it wasn't originally designed for and that is something that is i don't know if it's a, th a theme in the episode but it's definitely a subject an idea covered in this episode and kind of broadly by the fact that we've got uh your boy so i i, I love bako giving that wisdom over and it's just it's so cool and it was such a cool scene and it was such a it's like there were no kaiju in it you know but it was still a really cool scene and like it shows the strength of the storytelling here that they can just tell stories about these people and their struggles and it's awesome but anyway speaking of uh you know spinning uh straw to gold uh kaburagi takes corpse parts kind of like yuka which i never realized before that there's such a you know a parallel between the two of them and he uses them and i guess turns them into ultra metals and like whatever that green goo is that he uses in his machinery and uh yeah that's kind of interesting but he has his own zet riser which i don't think i had noticed that before i know he had like a weird gadget or two but i don't remember seeing him with a zet riser specifically or maybe just the angle on it looked weird so i didn't quite recognize it uh, and he's got his own little door into z space or ultra space or whatever it's called that he gets to go through and he does his experiments and his you know forging of uh of the kaiju parts into you know the metals which you know like i said very interesting and i think it's kind of odd like is it because he has a zet riser that he's able to enter that space and is it ultra space or is it you know dark space or monster space or something because i'm pretty sure they have something like that you know uh, an, an antithesis an antith antithetical you know force in space um as a you know because there's the ultra one there's the non-ultra one or whatever which is i think just darkness um sorry i'm i'm not super familiar with ultraman so i'm inelegantly sharing that idea 
so Naranga's horn is the thing that's used to accelerate the uh, power or the charging of Wyndham, which is cool. It also cooks. Uh, <laughs> it cooks the rice pudding or whatever it is that uh, Haruki has uh, in Yuka's fridge, and that's just funny. Uh, like it's funny there. It's cool that it's a callback to a couple episodes of, or you know, with the previous episode, I guess, where she put the horn in there. And it's just very interesting storytelling because it's layered. And I wonder if what they did for different characters is say, all right, we're going to have all these things at play with all these different characters and just kind of said, like, we're going to have these five things happen with this character and we're going to sprinkle them throughout and then have them develop over the course of episodes so that there's something like variety in each episode, but it also is like this layered sort of storytelling where there's this thread you can follow for each character that has these things going on. Cause I, I think it's really cool. Um, so it's, it's cool like mechanically in the show, but it's also cool for the actual storytelling of the show. And I really appreciate that. Uh, Kaburagi coming into the fight and, uh, adding the frills from, uh, the, um, what is it? Whatever. I don't know what it's called, but the, uh, the Godzilla knockoff, uh, kaiju that they have was really cool. Um, and I'm just, you know, I'm very curious about what the plot is and what the plan is, uh, going through again. I'm having a hard time remembering exactly how Kaburagi, func Kaburagi functions. Uh, you know, obviously he's an antagonistic force, but you know, how and to what purpose and to what end and how does all his little things that he's doing achieve that? It's interesting cause he's, you know, I said play, he's kind of messing with things and seeing how they work, uh, which is kind of what people or kids do when they play right so a uh, couple things uh calling out the ultra fusion mechanic oh is a demerit ah yes i will get back to that in a few moments so when zet tells haruki that they need more speed he does it in the most unnatural toy advertisement way he possibly could uh i think the dialogue is the dialogue does not need to be slave to the toy ad because all he had to say that would sound much better is, Harky, we need more speed. He could even say, let's switch to Alpha Edge and then show Haruki using the new metal to switch to, or no, that was the last episode, using the metals and the riser to switch forms. That, that sells the toy right there. The visuals sell the toy and Haruki, you know, yelling whatever he yells for that. And Burning Scarlet's for Beta Smash. I don't remember the other guy, other guys and their call-outs. But, I mean, just doing the transformation sequence, I think, is enough visually to make it look cool and look appealing and to have somebody want that. I mean, not to mention things that they're going to do later in the show. I mean, they've got, you know, three or four Zet Risers total that appear in the show. And uh, I think that's enough. I think that's definitely enough. Just saying Ultra Fusion doesn't make sense because they're already fused. And... Honestly, it takes me out of it for a moment because I think, well, what, what does he mean, Ultra Fusion? Are they doing something new? No, they're not doing something new. They're just doing what they've always done. So it, it just detracts for me. Uh, Yoko is flat on her back in Wyndham, and uh, she is wanting to, she's desperate to help uh, Zet and Hart. Well, Zet, she doesn't know it's Arky yet. So she does this cool thing with the jets the air jets that Wyndham has all over his body and from laying flat on her back in the mech um basically the air pushes out of all the different ports uh you know most at the 
shoulder, neck, and head, and then diminishing from there on down to the heels. And basically, uh, Wyndham rises by hinging on his heels, or its heels, until she's at a standing position, then she runs off and joins in the fight, and that was cool. Um, it's just, it was a really cool visual flourish, and uh, it was a lot of fun, and yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about it. And then the last thing is the monster medals, which... Um, in another episode or two, I have something I want to say about the Zet Riser itself and the whole metals thing, but I'm going to hold it off for now uh, and just say, it's interesting to me, like I was talking earlier, there's the Ultra Metals, there's, you know, the Land of Light, and then opposing that is the Land of, or I don't know if there's an actual Land of Darkness somewhere, if there's, you know, M70's Land of Light and M87, or, uh, you know, 8-7M is the Land of Darkness or something like that. Um, but that could be the case, and there is this, you know, Dark Force using the Zet Riser uh, in, what's this guy's name? Kaburagi. And, uh, you know, obviously he's the one forging the monster metals. And I guess if there are ultra metals, it stands to reason that there would be monster metals to counter them as like a, you know, universal balance type idea. Um, and it makes me wonder just from, again, like a, <laughs> this show isn't hard sci-fi, but it has hard sci-fi elements in it. What is the like function of an ultra metal that's not being utilized and how do you, I don't know, get the essence of an ultra into the ultra metal? Um, and then, I guess, the same question for a monster metal. What is what is that? What is the function of that? I don't know. It doesn't really matter, because it's a cool thing for the toys and for the show. And it makes, you know, makes better better kaiju or different kaiju. I guess it's, it's really the same kaiju. They're just recycling them for previous things, you know. Anyway, um, so... Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all in my thoughts for this episode of Zet. I'm looking forward to the next couple. I'm a little frustrated that they're releasing them in such a rapid succession, but they're making way for Ultraman Blazer, which I suggest that you watch and you look at my uh, first thoughts on the preview of it, because um, I also talk about the context of uh, the Zet dub as well, because the two things um, exist in the context of each other, and it makes sense. Just go listen to it. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to mjmunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around. You're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.